And want to be in prayer for Pastor and his family as he's gone. Uh, you pray the Lord to help them, give them rest. Amen. How many knows the preacher needs rest a little bit? Amen. My brother Clinton always said we'll rest when we get to the other side. That's what he said. Amen. Praise the Lord. I understand that. Amen. But we, we, you need a little getaway every once in a while. Amen. We thank the Lord for Brother Jacob. I, I thank the Lord for what he's doing at Victory Temple. Amen. Now, y'all quiet this morning. Y'all, you're going to have to amen me a little bit. I'm, now, listen, I know the Lord's moved and the Spirit of God's moving these altars, but there's somebody needs the word this morning. Amen? you got to have the word. Praise the Lord. And so I, we're not going to keep you very long, amen, because I don't like long-winded preachers. Hello? <laughs> amen. I've, I've had them get up there and they preach for two hours and they ain't said nothing. The best thing they said was their text. Amen. Y'all didn't get that one. Praise the Lord. But if they got something to say, you can just get it said in about 30 minutes. Amen. No, whatever the Lord wants. And somebody said, how long are you going to preach? I said, as long as the wind's blowing, I'm going to keep preaching. And when the wind stops blowing, I'll quit preaching. Amen. Praise the Lord. So I, I, I won't keep you too long. Amen. We appreciate it. It is good to see Brother and Sister Pittman here this morning. Amen. They pastored. Give them a hand. They pastored at First Assembly in Kirbyville. And uh, he's kind of semi-retired now, I think. But we're glad to have them this morning. I saw them walk in. And we're just glad you're in the house of the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, just I want you to turn to the book of Psalms. And then we're going to read also from John chapter 19 this morning. And I uh, just feel the Lord directing this way. And I want you to just give me your undivided attention. Let the Lord speak to our hearts. I know we done had an altar call, amen, but uh, maybe the Lord will give us another one here this morning. Praise God. If you could stand for the reading of the word, we appreciate that. Psalms chapter 34 and verse number 20. And then John chapter 19. We'll flip over there after we read this one verse. But let's just pray right now. Lord, we love you. We thank you, God, for this opportunity one more time to stand behind the sacred desk. Lord, ask you to anoint your servant, anoint our hearts to receive. Give me clarity of thought and speech this morning. God will give you the praise and the glory which you're about to do in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Psalms chapter 34 and verse number 20 says, He keepeth all his bones. Not a one of them is broken. Amen. Let me read that one again. He keepeth all his bones, and not a one of them are broken. Turn to John chapter 19. Verse 31. If you have it, say amen. Says then the Jews, therefore, because it was the preparation that the bodies should not remain upon the cross on the Sabbath day, for that Sabbath day was a high day, besought Pilate that their legs might be broken, that they might be taken away. 
Then, the so, then, then came the soldiers and break the legs of the first and of the other which was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead already, they break not his legs. But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side, and forthwith came there out blood and water. Notice verse 35. And he that saw it bear record. I believe this is John speaking here. And his record is true. And he knoweth that he saith true, that you might believe. For these things were done that the scripture should be fulfilled. A bone of him shall not be broken. You know how impossible that is to take place? A bone of him shall not be broken. Let me finish it. And again another scripture said, they shall look on him whom they pierce. You could be seated. I want to preach just for a few moments this morning. I usually say a few moments, that way you'll get excited. Amen. He keepeth his bones. I was, Brother Jacob asked me, I don't know, about three weeks ago if I was booked today. And I said, no, I really hadn't tried to book out real far out because of Benjamin, what he's been going through. And he asked me if I'd preach today. And I said, well, yeah. Amen. You can't turn down opportunity, right, Sister Cindy? Amen. But I begin to pray for this service. And you know, as a preacher, sometimes you struggle. I, you know, you don't know anything about a preacher, but you struggle sometimes, Brother Corey, what the Lord wants you to say. Amen? But this Tuesday morning, I was up. The Lord woke me up very early in the morning. Probably, now, some of you may not be too early. About 4.20 in the morning, that's not too early for some of you. That's early for me. Amen? But I, he began to deal with my heart about this particular text here this morning. And as I begin to read in the scripture here, I begin to look and understand something here. Why would the Lord put such scripture in the word of God here? Amen. Declaring to us that not a bone in his body was broken. Amen. Not a bone in his body. Now, when one reads the account of the crucifixion, you would have to agree that that would be a cruel way to die. Amen. If you read it, you know, and I did a little digging into the crucifixion, you know, and, and some of you may have done this before. You know, when, when Jesus died, he was crucified, right? Crucified on a cross is what, is what the Bible declares unto us. And but that would have to be a, a, a very brutal and very shameful death. Amen. To die upon a, a, an old rugged cross. The Bible says to us in many occasions or a few occasions that 
He died upon the tree. The, the word tree is mentioned in, instead of the cross. Amen. That he had died upon. And But so as I begin to look into this, we, we find that, I just want to bring this out, that the crucifixion originated with the Assyrians or the Babylonians. That, now that probably don't mean anything to you, but, but then the Phoenicians introduces it to the Romans. And this is why the, Rome, uh, the Romans have chosen the crucifixion during the time that they crucified Christ. They had used the crucifixion for, amen, their state method of execution. Amen. Can you imagine if we practiced that today? Y'all quiet. They used the crucifixion not just because Jesus was going to be crucified, because I believe there were thousands that were crucified during that time or during that era of time that when Jesus was crucified upon that cross, amen. But oh, what, what I'm talking about, can you imagine using that, that way of, of execution to the criminal? I can promise you we wouldn't have some of the stuff we've got going on today in America, amen. Amen. Now are you saying, Brother Torb, we ought to practice that? No, I'm not saying that. Amen. But I can tell you, if we had a little more firmer laws in the criminals, for the criminals that take place today, we might not have had as much the stuff going on today like we've got going on. Amen. And I'm not going to get on a political uh, kick here this morning. If you've done wrong, you need to go to jail, right? Oh, hallelujah. We put them in air condition. We give them 20, we give them 50 inch TVs. We give them education. It's not in my notes. Is that right if I say this? Amen. We give them gyms to play in. Oh, hallelujah. Can you imagine the apostle Paul being in prison in one of our prisons today? No, sir, he wasn't in a prison like that. Amen. He, was, he had locks and stocks upon his body. He was thrown in a dirty old dungeon. Oh, hallelujah. He wasn't looking for a 50-inch TV. I'm telling you, he, him and Silas began to praise the Lord in that jailhouse. And God came down in that place. Oh, hallelujah. But I just, I just jumped off the message, amen. But oh, can you imagine if we practice our execution of crucifying the criminal? Listen, this is some of the pain that that victim would go through. The unnatural position made every moment, every movement painful. Picture this in your mind. The lacerated veins and crushed tendons throb with incessant anguish. The wounds inflamed by exposure gradually gain green was set in. This literally would happen to the victim upon the cross. The arteries, especially at the head and the stomach, became swollen, oppressed with the surcharged blood. And while each variety of misery went on, gradually increasing the dizziness that would set in, the cramping that would set into the body, the starvation. Amen. Some would be upon the cross for three days. Amen. Can you imagine? Went through the pain and the struggle and the, and the horror of a crucifixion. Traumatic fever would 
kicking shame, long continuous torment, horror of anticipation, mortification of intended wounds, all intensified just up to the point at which they can be endured at all, but all stopping just short of the point which would give to the sufferer the relief of unconsciousness. The crucifixion was designed to feel every bit of pain that they went through to the fact that it would almost bring them up to a point of becoming unconscious, but yet they would not become unconscious. Why? They would feel every agony of that pain. Every bit of it. Can you imagine? I thought about this yesterday. You know, it rained all day, so you couldn't do too much. Amen. Some of y'all probably got in the yard, right, and cleaned up. Them yard freaks, you know, got out. Brother Chad, you did that? No, sir. Amen. So, you know, Chad, kind of just lay around. Is that what you did, Brother Udy? <laughs> but I'll just... I was thinking, can you imagine? You know, today we made the cross an emblem of beauty. Hello? Back then it wasn't an emblem of beauty, church. It was not an emblem of beauty. It was a a cursed thing to be upon an old rugged cross. Amen. And the pain that they had, the shame that they had to suffer with. Wouldn't you say this would be enough for that criminal to die? I'm going somewhere. Hang on. And this is where our text comes in. Amen. The Bible says that the priest went to them and said, would you go make sure they don't, they're not on that cross during the Sabbath day? And so what would they do? They'd break their legs. They said the Sabbath day is a high day. You know what they did in those days? They worship a day more than they worship a Christ. Hello? I said they worship a day more than they did a Christ. They desired the ceremonial part of the law and defied the moral part of the law. I mean, go, go and break their legs. And the reason they would break their legs is it would speed up the process of death. Because on that old rugged cross, when, when the body, was, the, the pain and the struggle that body went through, eventually infection would set into that body because of all the blood that would be lost. And then the lungs would begin to fill up with fluid. And they would have to use their legs to raise them up. Amen. So they can get a breath. That's why they would break their legs, amen, because they would not be able to raise themselves up upon that old cross and be able to gasp for that air. They would suffocate upon that cross. But how many knows when they came to Jesus? Oh, hallelujah, saints. I said when they came to Jesus, oh, he was already dead. Oh, hallelujah. After he gave his last breath, he gave, let man have his way with him. Oh, hallelujah but oh when it was all said and done I believe God was saying man's done done enough he's mine now hallelujah he belongs to me now you see what's going to happen his word is going to be fulfilled church you can stand on the word of God you can trust in the word of God every detail of this word is going to be fulfilled Every bit of it. 
Let the liberals say what they want to say. This word is going to be fulfilled. Listen to me. They did not break his bones, church. The crowd was so religious that day. Amen. We were in Jamaica. We were going to the immigration office. It was years ago, back in 2009, I believe it was. We went to the immigration office. And I, I may have shared this story, but I'll share it again. You know, you get old, you tell the same old story, brother. Right? But we sit down. We had, we had a young lady with us. She's our Jamaica mommy. We call her our Jamaica mommy. She's the one that's coaches in the culture, you know. And you got to have somebody to teach you a few things when you step into a new culture. I know the gospel's the gospel, amen. We don't change that. Hello? The gospel don't change. But I went, I went from eating chicken fajitas to jerk chicken. So that changes. Amen. And curry goat. Somebody say, you like curry goat? No, sir, I don't. Benjamin loves it. Amen. He's ready to go back to Jamaica. He said, I want some curry goat. I said, that ain't the reason why I want to go back. I was out there. I'm going to get in trouble, said the Lord. I, this last time I was here, I ate something new. Brother, you ain't never ate. Cow skin soup. Said the Brenda Turns, you love it. <laughs> we pulled off on one of them side, I went to pasture. We pulled off one of them side benders. I'm going to get the preacher here in a minute. Just hang on. <laughs> Y'all got time? Hey, if your neighbor's asleep, just shake him. I pulled over. I'm with the pastor. We're going, we're, we're going to get something to eat. We pull over one of them side vendors <laughs> in Jamaica, one of them poor areas where they ain't even got running water. Amen. Somebody said, well, I love boat people. I said, we love it too, but we don't go on love boat. <laughs> Hello. Let me just go on. He said, preacher, you want some cow skin soup? I said, well, in myself, I'm saying not really. I said, but I'm going to try it. I'll try anything, me. Hey, man, I, we pulled on side one of them vendors. He come out with one of them eight-ounce glass cups, styrofoam cups. I mean, and oh, he put his hot, too. I'm talking. Had a lid on it. Couldn't get the lid off. It was so hot. The steam sucking on that limb. I mean, that lid. Amen. And oh, finally, I let the preacher get it off for me. He said, oh, Reverend, he said, I'll get it off for you, Pastor. Hey, he got it off. I stuck my spoon in there, and I pulled. I, I didn't go to the top. I went to the bottom. Don't ever go to the bottom when you go in another country. Are you hearing me? I'm telling you the honest truth. I pulled that thing up and there's that cow skin floating. Well, you wondering what I did, didn't you? I ate it. And the preacher's lady going, what do you think, Reverend? <laughs> it's good. And then I let it sink down to the bottom. I just sucked the juice out. Amen. And y'all ready to go to Jamaica with me? I know you'll go. But anyway, I, I'm going to get back on my story. I, am I doing all right? Y'all going to fire me? You can't fire me. Amen. 
But I, we go into the immigration office and, and Sister Nathan's with We leave Benjamin in the car. He's little. Me and my wife, go to, we're trying to get a year visa. We walk into the immigration office and we sit down. We're the only ones in there. I'm talking the only ones in there. And we sit down. Oh, here comes a Jamaican man. He comes in there. He sits right beside Sister Tanisha. I said to myself, sir, if you don't want to get talked to, you shouldn't have sat by her. And they just any conversation either. The first question out of her mouth, sir, do you serve Jesus? I said, why is she asking that? What else she going to ask me? Do you, do you doubt Jesus? <laughs> he said, yeah, this is what he exactly said. He said, yeah, I serve him on Sunday. I said, oh, Lord, I wish she'd have never said that. Could we fix and get we fix she's fixing to preach camp meeting, honey? That's just the way she is. If he'd asked me, you know, I wouldn't have went to a long story because, you know, I'm not too detailed. <laughs> Amen. But she went in. I mean, she laid it into him. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, that man, he didn't want a visa after she got through talking to him. Oh, no, sir. I mean to tell you. And when I walked out, I said, honey, I never heard that in my life uh, that a man said he served Jesus on Sunday. Oh, but I walked out of that building. I said, you know what? We got a lot of folks in America that do the same exact thing. We We've got a lot of people in the church in the states right now that they only serve Jesus on Sunday. Oh, hallelujah. But how many knows we don't do that, Sister Gloria? We serve him every day. I said we serve him on Monday. I wake up in the morning on Monday. I serve Jesus. I serve him on Tuesday. I serve him on Saturday. Hallelujah. When you go to Walmart, you serve Jesus, church. My God, help us. We don't need to be religious. We need a relationship with the Lord oh Lord help me listen listen real quick are you listening I only got two services with you I got to hit you hard they come to Jesus because they're so religious and they break his they don't break his legs why is that church what does this say to us Number one, I believe it tells us the torture that the body of Christ went through. Amen. But I believe he died of that heart being broken and ruptured because he's dying for you and I. Because the Bible says when they pierced him, blood and water come out of his side. Amen. My understanding, when I get cut, my blood starts clotting at the end. They said when they were, cruc- when they were sacrificed, those lambs, that the blood would clot. Amen. It would dry up upon that altar after so many hours. But can I tell you, the blood of Jesus is still flowing today, church. I said it's still flowing today. Hallelujah. But it tells us the, the, the torture that, that, that Christ went through, the anguish that he had to suffer. Amen. For you and I, not for himself. He did all that for us, church. Amen. Can you imagine this? But oh, why? They come to him. He's already dead. Amen. Why? I believe because of the anguish and the pain that his body had to go through. But number two, he said, no man taketh my life, but I lay it down. 
I lay it down. Hallelujah. Amen. He laid that body down. Oh, glory to God. But not only that, here's the main part. Why did they not break his legs? Because, listen to me, church. I know it's a simple thought this morning, but his word has to be fulfilled. You see, John is the one that told the story. He wasn't writing as a historian like Matthew, Mark, and Luke because they were not there when old Christ died and took his last breath. But I believe John was there. I believe he's looking for as fulfillment of his word if he's going to be the paschal lamb if he's going to be the passover lamb they cannot break his bones listen they came to the other two on the cross and they broke their bones their legs wait a minute i thought jesus was in the middle think about it jesus in the middle that means they passed him up to get to the other. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Or maybe, I, you know, I don't know, the position of his cross may have been behind them a little bit. But for some reason, they went to the malefactors first until they went to Christ. Because his word, let me tell you something, church. His word is going to be fulfilled. What's that got to do? stand on that even to the very detail his bones are not going to be broken you see this is a prophecy fulfilled from from exodus and numbers amen the paschal lamb they could not break a bone in his in that lamb's body church i said they could not break a bone in his body when they offered him as a sacrifice and when jesus came to be baptized john the baptist said behold the lamb if he's going to be the lamb when he gets to calvary if he's going to be that paschal lamb not a bone in his body can be broken. Can you imagine? I'm telling you that's almost impossible to go through a crucifixion and not a bone in your body be broken. What do you mean? I'm telling you the nails missed his leg bone. I'm telling you the nails missed his arm bone. You ever wonder why God put two bones in the bottom leg? Two bones in your forearm. Maybe he was looking toward Calvary. That's why. I believe that nail went right between them. You ain't hearing me. I don't believe it shivered that bone. I don't believe it splintered that bone. Because not a bone in his body shall be broken. You talk about a powerful word, church. And oh, we thought the, Ro the Roman soldiers had control. No, sir. When they come up and saw Jesus, it had nothing to do with them. God had control over the whole situation. Amen. He's already dead. Hallelujah. Can I tell you that Roman soldier, he, he didn't have a conscience to him. He took a spear and shoved it up his side. But can I tell you, it missed the bone, church. I said it missed the bone because not a bone in his body can be broken. Thank God for his word. Thank God. God, folks, his word will be fulfilled. And you say, what's that got to do with us? Prophecy is going to be fulfilled. Corinthians says he's the Passover lamb. But let me read you one more scripture. Come to piano. I got to take my jacket off. It's getting hot now. Now, some, 
Because some of y'all look like you already dreaming about a church one day. I like turkey too. Listen to this. You say, what's that got to do with us, preacher? Amen. Go to turn to Ephesians 5 and 30. I'll just read it to you. It says, for we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. We're members of his body, his flesh, and his bones. Did you see that? The Paschal Lamb in Exodus, they couldn't break the bones. When it came to Christ, they couldn't break the bones. When it comes to the church, can't break the bones. I just lost half of it. The bones is the structure. Now, we got, we got a few doctors here. Now, I've only, how many ever broke a bone in their body? Raise your hand. I know Brother Marvin had. He's rich. I know he's broken bones before. Them boys are something else. Amen. How many ever broke a leg? Raise your hand. Broke a leg, doctor. My goodness, a doctor breaking a leg. You couldn't walk either, could you? Too good. We was playing football when I was a kid. Amen. <laughs> now, let me tell you something. We didn't play flag football when I was a kid. Hello? We didn't. We didn't do this. We tackle you, brother. We play football. We tackle. We were boys. We wasn't transgender. He knows how I am. Amen. You know, that's a, an advantage. We're playing football. I mean, we got about five on each team, Brother Heath. And my buddy, we tackle him. And we all, we all holler, pile on. All of us just pile on him. Just diving on him. I mean, we're, we're, and I'm hearing him hollering on the battle. Oh, Jimmy Picard's his name. He's hollering, oh, my leg broke, my leg. We're still piling on him. Who cares? Who cares if you break a leg? He gets up. He's crying. He's crying. We're laughing. It ain't funny now. We're laughing at him. You know what? He can't walk, though, church. He can't walk. You know why? That structure that holds that body together has been broken. We're part of his bones. It ain't going to be broken. Number two, that means he's going to have a unified body. When the rapture takes place. I said, he's going to have a unified body when the rapture takes place. He's not going to rapture the arm over here. And the leg. I mean, I know we have different parts of the church everywhere. But it's going to be one body. Hallelujah. Amen. It ain't going to be that one that says, well, Buddha's God. Amen. We, we had a doctor tell us the other day, people have many ways to God. I said, but there's only one way to God. There's only one name under heaven whereby men must be saved. It's the name of Jesus. He's going to only have one church, folks. It's the blood-bought church. I said, it's the blood-bought church. It's the sanctified church. Hallelujah. One that came by the way of the cross. 
cross, one that came by the way of the blood. Oh, hallelujah. What does that say? Not a bone in his body was broken. That tells us, church, he's going to have a church. No matter what, bones represent the strength of the body. The inner man. Jeremiah, he got to a point in his life, he said, I ain't going to preach anymore. Ooh, I've been there. I told the Lord, I said, Lord, you may call me, but I ain't preaching no more. How many knows you don't tell God what you're going to do? Some of you sitting on the pew, you've been trying to tell God what you want to do. But it don't work that way. Amen. I felt like Jeremiah. But I wasn't buried in a pit, up to, in a dungeon, up to mud, up to my neck. Amen. He got to a point, this is what he said. He said, but his word was in my heart as a burning fire. Shut up in my bones. Oh, and not talking about the, the physical strength of that bone. Talking about the spiritual strength, church. I'm telling you this morning, amen, they didn't break his bones. God, that means he's going to have a church. No matter what, a unified church. Hallelujah. Can you imagine going through the crucifixion and not a bone in his body was broken. That's impossible. But not with God. You hear me? Not one iota of his word is going to fail. Listen, God was robed. Christ was robed in a 12-year-old, a 15-year-old, a 16-year-old body. And he still keepeth his bones. Not a bone in his body was broken. Not a nail hit a bone. Not a spear hit a bone. Not the cat of nine tails that ripped his flesh off his back down to the point you could see the organs in the back of the body. But I can tell you it didn't touch the bone. Because if it did, there'd be no Christ to die for you and I. There's no way one man can engineer all the prophecies to be fulfilled at his death like what took place at Calvary. No way one man can engineer all the prophecies from the past years to be fulfilled in one man by the name of Jesus. That's why the Lord told us earlier, worship me. I'm the one that paid the price for you. I'm the one that gave you salvation. Amen. The Roman soldiers pierced his side. They beat him. He keepeth his bones, church. You know how many bones are in the body? 206 of them, is that right? 206 bones. Not a one of them was broken. Not a one of them. That's because you can trust in this. Oh, yeah, his body was beaten, his body was tortured. But when he gave that last breath, God said, he's mine now. He's back in mine. That's why if they'd have took him, they'd have, they'd have threw him in the valley of Hinnom. They'd have threw him in the garbage dump if they'd have let the Pharisees, the religious crowd, have him. They'd have threw that body in a garbage dump. But no, sir, Joseph Armathia took that body, put it in his own tomb because prophecy had to be fulfilled. How do you know, preacher? I believe John was there to see it all take place. I'm closing. I had a lot to say, but I know time's slipping away. Listen, not a bone in his body was broken. What a miracle. How am I going to know that Christ when I get to heaven? You'll know. You'll know the one.
But I believe you're going to see the nail-scarred hands. You're going to see the nail-scarred feet. Not a bone in his body was broken. I read this story. I may have shared this story, but I'll share it again. Young lady and a little boy was eating dinner one evening. They lived in a big ranch, had a big pond in their backyard. They got through eating. The little boy, he's probably about 10, 11 years old. He asked his mama, he said, Mama, can I go swimming for a little while before it gets dark? They swim in a pond a lot. She said, Yeah, go ahead. Said, While I'm cleaning these dishes up, I'll watch you through the window. He can swim. She's cleaning the table up. She's getting her dishes together, putting them in the sink. She's just kind of washing, going through, you know, her routine there. And she's looking through the window, watching her boys swimming, splashing out in the middle of that pond. All of a sudden, she's seen something in the back of that pond, dive into it, and started headed toward her boy. This is a true story. Happened in Florida. She threw down her dishes in the sink. She ran out the back door, and she's screaming. And her son, hey, boy, come here, come here, get back, swim back. Something dove in the back of the pond back there. And when she got to the edge of that bank, she saw that thing come up as an alligator coming after her boy. He turned, he looked, he saw that head coming through that pond. I'm telling you, he started swimming as fast as he could, screaming, that mama screaming, swim, boy, swim. Mama, save me, mama, save me. He's swimming as fast as he could. That alligator's swimming as fast as he could. He's after that boy. When he got to the bank of that river, that mama grabbed both of his arms and she pulled him. And when she did, that alligator had caught up and caught him by his legs and bit down on both of his legs. And the tug of war began. Fighting for that boy. Mama, save me. Can you imagine the screaming, the pain? Save me, Mama. I'm going to save you, son. I mean, the, the tug of war seemed like an hour, but it was only for about a few minutes. All of a sudden, that alligator let go of that boy, and all he turned around and started swimming. There was a man that was driving by in his pickup truck. He noticed what was going on. He, he took his gun. He ran to the bank of that pond, and he shot that alligator, and he killed it. But when she pulled that boy out of that pond, blood pouring out of his legs. They rushed him to the hospital. They got him in there, that emergency room. They rushed him in. The doctor went in there. He come out. He told the mom. He said, Mama, I don't know if I'm be able to save those legs, but I'm going to try my best. Because the damage was so bad. He had gnawed those legs, ate them up. Finally, the doctor came out about seven or eight hours of surgery. Told the mom. He said, Mama, I think we're going to save the legs. Tears running down that mama's face. Oh, hallelujah. They said, we're going to put him in a room. We're going to observe him for a couple of days. They put him in a room. The next day, that, about 10 o'clock in the morning, a knock on that hospital room. Mama said, come in. It was a newspaper editor had a pencil and pad in her paper, pad in her hand. She walked in and said, hey, I'm such and such with the editor of the newspaper. Said, I'd like to do the story here. I heard about it. Will you let me write a story? She said, Sure. The little boy laying in that bed, he's, he's, he's alert, you know, he's awake. And they asked her, he, he said, can I ask your son some questions? Yeah. She asked him all kind of questions, you know, and you know how it is. And, and, you know, after she got through writing her little story, she got up. She said, can I see the scars on your legs? 
She said, yes, ma'am. He rolled up the gown and seen the scars of stitches all the way around his leg. And, the, and that editor walked out crying, tears in her face. What a story. When she got to the door, the little boy said, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I got to show you something else. What do you mean? He held out his arm. And it was scars all over his arm. And the editor of the newspaper said, what was that? said, that's where my mama wouldn't let me go. My mama wouldn't let me go. She wouldn't let me go. Listen to me. You ain't going to see the bones, but you're going to see the scars when you get there, church. And it's going to be scars that shows us he wouldn't let us go. That's how much he loved us. He didn't have to go to Calvary for you and I. Some of you sitting here, you're not serving the Lord. You don't care what he's done for you. But he's trying to show you something this morning. That I paid the price for you. I paid it all for you. When you read the story of the crucifixion, it's not about him, Brother Heath. It's about Christ, what he did for you and I. What he did for your sin. And you're going to live in it? I think you ought to come out of it, don't you? I think you ought to get saved, don't you? Because we don't have much time left. What are you going to do? He says, I've got the scars to show you that I love you. Oh, I'm telling you, he loves us without a shadow of a doubt. You hear me, church? I want every head bowed and every eye closed right now. Not a bone in his body was broken, but he's got the scars to show us that he saved us. Hallelujah. Listen to me, beloved. If you're not saved this morning in this building, or if you're backslid away from God, God's a tugging on your heart right now. He loves you this morning. I said he loves you this morning. Oh, that word was fulfilled for you and I this morning. You say, Brother T, I'm not saved this morning. I'm back. Or you may say, I'm backslid this morning, Brother T. Would you pray for me that God will save me? I want you to raise your hand right now. I'm waiting on you. Come on, I'm waiting on you. Are you backslid away from God? His word proves it to us today that he loves us. He's got the scars to prove it, church. What about it? What about it? Are you really ready to meet God? God's a tugging on that heart right now. We just obeyed and preached what he had us to preach this morning. Are you saved this morning? Say, pray for me, Brother T. I'm not saved. I need this Christ in my life. If that's you, raise your hand right now. I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you. Or maybe you say, I'm not where I should be with the Lord right now. I need God to help me this morning. If that's you, raise your hand right now. Yes, I see that hand. Come on, I'm waiting on you. We're not going to embarrass you. So we're not going to embarrass you. I mean, it's glad he paid the price for you this morning. Stand to your feet right now. Hallelujah. I know it didn't have one altar call, but it'd be great 
Amen. We just give another one this morning. It's still early. Amen. Not a bone in his body was broken for you and I. That word was fulfilled, church. That word was fulfilled for you and I. What he did was for you and me. If you desire to give him praise and glory and honor this morning, give him thanks. I want you to come to this altar right now. Come on. Find you a place to pray for you dismissed this morning. Come on, church. Hallelujah. Maybe you didn't want to raise your hand this morning. God, to tug it on your heart. Oh, say, God, I give it to you right now. Hallelujah. You can kneel in the pew where you're at, church. Oh, yes, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, church. You may be going through something. You can trust in his word to see you through this morning. Oh, yes, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's see. find you a place to pray. Oh.